Hi everyone, welcome back to Outside the Huddle. It's our wildcard weekend review show. It's Andy alongside James, as per. James, hey, well? I'm very good, face mate. You right? Yeah, I'm all recovered, mate. I'm all recovered. <laughs> We've just been talking about my exploits in York at the weekend and my kind of once a year get out. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't sound like you was reckless, Andy, but it sounds like some of the people you was with were a little bit. <laughs> we can't really because this is a family show. We can't bring yeah, it up. We can't. We can't. I know. Um, yeah, we, we're going to have a look at the wild card games. Uh, not you know, we can cover we can cover those easily enough. There wasn't too much to try and focus on, James. And I did. I'll be honest. I've told the guys I'm a bit behind the curve. I didn't see any of the actual live action, but I have watched the highlights, stuff that matters. And we can, as usual, put the pressure on our guest for this week. And delighted to say we're joined by Greg from Brit Sky to the NFL, who is a Bills fan. He's back on the show. Nice to have you back, bud. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on. Very so happy. Let's talk about the Bills. Yeah, I bet you are. <laughs> we, will, we will get to them eventually, but I did, you know, I, I did quietly back them last week, James. I don't know if you can remember that. <laughs> Um, I quietly didn't back them. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I really backfired. Well, we'll, we'll yeah. cover that. Then. That was impressive stuff. Um, yeah, first off, we, the, the Bengals game. I mean, we we did last week, James. I think we both took the Bengals to win that one. Yeah, we did. Um, right. Yeah, um, I mean, Cagey second half of the game it was twelve points scored between between both teams. Obviously, won it on the interception, but just generally for the, for you to deserved win. Yeah, um, the Bengals are very impressive. They mm. came out of the blocks and were very impressive. Burrow came out; they was they was aggressive, and they took the game to the Raiders. And it felt like they was one step into the next round. And I don't know if that's partly what happened because mm. then again, obviously, the whistle incident happened, and you know, I, I don't know. For me. It, it should have been called dead, apparently, according to rules. There's no denying that. But it was literally blown as he was catching the ball in in the end zone. So it's a bit crazy to then rule it out. It's not like he, they blew it halfway through the ball in the air. or So it's not like the Raiders were stopping that touchdown. So for me, I feel like the Bengals thoroughly deserved to be where they were at that point. But fair play to the Raiders. They didn't back down. It's been like their season all year, really. Um, but it, it, it kind of felt like the Bengals got a bit nervy at the end. And I think you can see in two sides there that are lacking experience in the playoffs and, you know, the big occasion. Fair enough, I think the Bengals had that bit more talent and they got over the line, but you, they nearly threw that away. I mean, that was a bit, that was a little bit negative at the end and it nearly come back and bit them in the arse. In some ways, it maybe should have done, really, but, yeah, Derek Carr's final pass just looked like a desperate man trying to throw it to someone who's about five yards before the end zone with two people all over him. It was asking for an interception. It's a shame it kind of finished that way because it, they just, it felt like it was going to overtime, but I do think the Bengals deserve to win over the course of the game. Yeah, I'd probably agree with that. I think that they definitely came out with more confidence than the Raiders. The Raiders have won four or five games in overtime, I think, this year. Um, so probably a team that's thinking, maybe we don't deserve to be here. Um, but the Bengals, yeah, I, th- I think it was a deserved win, but a relatively close game. You know, it did ebb and flow, which was quite good good to watch. But yeah, overall, I'd say the Bengals, yeah, deserved it. As playoff games go, it was pretty clean. Um, and did a good job to progress, yeah. What was your take on that that incident, Greg? Because, I, I mean, I watched it back when, when I saw the highlights, and I watched it again today, and I was really trying to focus on 
where the ball was when the whistle. I mean, for me, the whistle blows before he catches. It's quite clear before he mm-hmm. catches it. Um, but I don't buy. One of the articles I was reading today was saying, you know, that the the Raiders defenders stopped. That that, that happens too quickly. There wasn't time for that to yeah. happen. So I'm not buying that. But it it definitely happened before he caught the ball. So really, really strange. What did you think about that? Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you there. I think it happened before it, uh, he caught the ball. And uh, the defender's stopping as well. It's something that tends to happen occasionally. You see it during a game anyway. If the receiver is wide open and has a bit of space, the defenders sort of not give up, but you know, they're not going to travel 10, 15 yards in half a second. And uh, I feel like that <laughs> might have been the case here where the defenders weren't going to get there and sort of pulled up a little bit anyway. And it maybe wasn't the whistle and the reaction time from them wouldn't have been like that to for them to actually go and make mm. a play on it. So, yeah, I think it was just while it was in the air. Don't think it made a massive difference. Does anyone know why they blew it? Did they blow it because they thought he went out? It's it's really strange when you watch it back. I think it is a pre, it's a preemptive, and I think he just he just jumps the gun because he's so close to going out, and it's, although his foot doesn't, he's his in body. the air as he throws it. Parts of his body probably are, and I think he just, he just got a bit uh, trigger-happy with it, but... For somebody official came out after the game and said that the catch was made after that was the reason it was made after. And I thought you, there's so much video evidence to refute that. You look yeah. a bit stupid for for making mm. that your official stance. But it, I mean, they were, I can't imagine they'll be officiating another game until next season. No, apparently I've only from listening to other podcasts that this was this is what happens in the playoffs, but especially this lot, this wasn't their normal team. This is like I wouldn't say all stars, but what they threw together as their like okay. officials. So it doesn't always work. I mean, yeah, I, I, there was a few things through this game, but compared to a game that we're going to get to later, uh, it was nice and clean. I don't feel like a, a lot of the game fell short because of bad decisions. There was a couple couple where you're like how did that get given but that, that's just been the nfl this year and i think that side of things been fine but that whistle incident just sums up the nfl at the same time <laughs> fair play to the raiders though because i mean rich basaki after the game just said he had no issue with the with the officiating um which was a fairly classy stance to take um classier than other stances taken by teams that lost this week which we'll get to Absolutely. <laughs> um, the second game, of course, saw your team, Greg, Buffalo Bills dominate the Patriots. Um, did I did side with them, but I'll be honest, when we made when I made that prediction last week, I didn't have a great deal of conviction in it. Um, it was more so just because I'd thought at the start of the season the Bills would, would go along uh, f- further than the Patriots, rather. Um, I mean, you... Bills are a very good team, so you will have had some level of confidence going into that game. But you, you must have been shocked at how dominant that was. Yeah, I, uh, I fully intended on staying up and watching the full game, but I sort of turned off at half time. Uh, but then I didn't get to sleep for another hour, thinking about, oh my god, what if we fuck it up? What if we miss? What if we, whatever. <laughs> like, just couldn't. I could not get to sleep. Um, but yeah, it was unbelievable. I, I'm still, you know, can't quite believe how how clean of a game that was and how sort of a perfect offensive performance, you know, seven drives, seven touchdowns and then kneeling at the end. I don't think anyone would expect that to be perfectly honest, especially with the games we've had with them this year. where have been a little bit, obviously a bit of a strange game when we hosted them earlier in the season. Um, and then the game we played at theirs where we did beat them, but yeah, no one would have expected that. Absolutely. More, no one. more importantly, Greg, do you reckon they was popping them pills that I was being suggested to take? 
Um, I don't. I don't think Josh Allen needs him to be honest. <laughs> not, not, not on this display, you don't. No. No, he doesn't. <laughs> no, he'll be staying away from him. I'd imagine. <laughs> there I mean, any positive tests? One player that I thought I, I wanted to highlight from that team, um, not just for that game, but for the whole season, was Dawson Knox. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, from a fantasy point of view, I draft him a lot, and I did last season. I expected him to have probably this season that he's had last season. Um, but he, he had flashes last season, but he's been a huge part of that offense this year. And when you look at the tight end numbers and the stats, I mean, he's tied for receptions with with Kelsey and Andrews, who are the two best, uh, tied for touchdowns, rather, who are the two best in mm-hmm. the game, feeding off, you know, half the targets those two get. So he's an absolute red zone monster for that offense, isn't he? Yeah, definitely. As you say, he's sort of shown flashes in recent years, you know, receiving ability. He likes to truck people as well when he's quite physical. But yeah, I think this year he's certainly stepped it up. I saw some stats recently on Twitter. You know, he's doubled his touchdowns from last year, you know, about 20, 30% increase on his receiving yards and uh, halved his drop rate as well. So he's really improved in lots of areas of his game, which has been great to see. And it was one of the years really coming into it. I was not debating whether he'd be that good or not because I've seen him produce before but I was hoping he'd take this step up and he really has uh, to show that he can compete with the likes of uh, the top tight ends in the league as you mentioned Mm. I think he's for that offence particularly obviously Diggs is the the alpha in in the passing game and there was probably questions asked about who else you had really with you know Gabby Davis wasn't convincing a lot of people and you may be missing that um, second kind of reliable go-to guy, but he's in a different way. He's kind of filling that gap, I suppose. Yeah, he certainly is. I think the combinations that Dable sort of produces as well, uh, not can, can be quite flexible in that role, whether he's blocking and then uh, coming out for a route or if he's going short and out in flats and things like that. So we can create some good combinations when we have guys like Emmanuel Sanders who can go deeper. Mm. Diggs, as you say, who's pretty good in a variety of combinations. So, yeah, it's been really sort of refreshing to see him get a little bit more targets, uh, sort of more targets. And, uh, yeah, as you say, in the red zone, he's been absolutely lethal. Uh, one of his touchdowns, I did think that Alan was throwing that one away, the first one. Yeah, he definitely uh, Somehow, <laughs> yeah, he definitely was. I think um, he admitted it, didn't he? He actually came out after and said, I was generally throwing it away and walking off <laughs> yeah for a man with a, a arm like he has it was quite shocking that he sort of underthrew that one but yeah <laughs> another touchdown for Knox I suppose I don't really complain you mentioned Brian Durbel uh, he is a name that's going around a lot at the minute with all these vacancies are you kind of resigned to the fact that he's going or do you think there's a chance he might be kept around um, a small chance he'll be kept around, um, but I think I think it is very highly likely that he, that he does go. Obviously, it's several interviewing jobs um, and some very attractive options at other places. And to be a head coach is obviously a dream. A lot of people don't go into coaching just to be an offensive coordinator. Um, so yeah, I imagine it, there'll be some attractive options out there. And unfortunately, he may go, but I think I'd, I'd have faith in the um, powers above to sort of pick uh, another guy to step in his place and, and would. Will be just as a potent next season as well. Is this a hint that you like him, Andy? I I haven't. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I you know what I'm like, James. And uh, I said last week, it, the fact that he's an offensive coordinator means he's towards the top of my list. Um, just yeah. because I want that different, um, a different slight on it. But you know, I, there's a lot of 
attractive options out there. I do think we're probably one of the most attractive options, but I haven't heard that we've approached him yet. So as far as I'm aware, we aren't interviewing him. But like you said before, though, you, you've got to get your GM sorted. Yeah. And that's the right way to do it. You, you want your GM to choose the direction you're going to go with a head coach, not the head coach dictate the GM. So there's no this time. Ooh, I'd like it to happen soon, though. Um, from one one-sided game to another, James, um, I did see you on Twitter on Sunday. Don't think I know I was out of the game a bit, but I did see you lining up your little excuses, and it was <laughs> oh injury this, injury that, and um, yeah. you, you could have you could have had another five missing through injury, and you still would have won. I mean, don't get me wrong, we was lucky who was playing Andy. Let's face it, because I did see that obviously we went to learn the Fournette. Fournette was out of nowhere. They were saying he was like showing great signs that he's back. He'd actually been a week ahead of schedule. So when he, they ruled him out, I was like, oh my god, what's going to happen here? Was that I read about that today? Was that just extra precaution that they felt they could get the job done without having to risk him? I'd love to say they're that confident, um, but I think apparently he. I don't know, they reckon he's tweaked his hamstring in training. Nothing major, but enough that he was a bit sore. So they thought, well, we're not going to risk that, which makes sense. I, I think Keisha Vaughan has been doing fairly all right, to be honest. And, and this was the game where if you're going to take a risk, there's no point losing it because then the questions come back to the head coach saying, well, why did you rest your, one of your better players? But uh, it was the right thing to do. But I think he's still doubtful whether he's going to play this weekend. So it's obviously not just a quick rest up and put him back out there. I think he could potentially be out, mm. which... I don't get me wrong, Keishon Forms come through with Gio Bernard. It's not the end of the world. I don't think we're going to run much on the Rams. I think that is their one of their weaknesses, but I just think we'll expect Brady to do it a lot. So, yeah, it, I was worried about that. I was also worried when Sean Murphy Bunting got ruled out just before the game because I was just thinking now we're starting to creep into two, three, four starters now dropping out. But, you know, it, that the game played, <laughs> played out as a dream, to be honest. I didn't get to watch it perfectly in live because I was around my in-laws. I had it in the background. But the defence, it's almost like playoff. It's not just playoff Brady, playoff Leonard Fournette. It's playoff Bucks at the moment because that's the best I've seen this defence play all year. It's helpful. They've got healthy. But um, I can't read too much into it because it's the Eagles. I want to read loads into it because it was like the perfect three quarters, really. But I feel like there was a lot of that was to do with the Eagles, not just us being good. Greg, did you see that game? Uh, I did see some of it. Yeah, obviously my co-host at Britsky NFL, Callum, he's mm. uh, an Eagles fan. So I was watching it and uh, texting him at the same time. Yeah. I did see somebody, I can't forget where I saw it. It was something on Twitter just saying that, you know, maybe if, Maybe someone should tell Jalen Hurts that there are three other quarters <laughs> per game that he can play in if he wants to. He was back to fourth mm. quarter Hurts, definitely. But apparently, I mean, he came out of a boot in the end. I mean, mm. I don't know. I feel like it's fascinating how none of that was really talked about. And then all of a sudden they lose the game and he's in the boot. But I know he did pick up a knock a few weeks back and apparently it was worse than everyone thought. And he, he didn't, the little bits I saw of him, he didn't really move as well as you expect him to. But I also think we were just all over him. Like we was murdering him up front. He wasn't able to just run around and get out of many opportunities and we stopped their run game. And that was it. Like that is their offense. Mm -hmm. They can't run the ball. Then Hurts, we know he's limited. He's not the most accurate. And our defense was just on fire. The secondary made, you know, when he did start picking out players, they made plays. And that's not something we've done much this year. So I just hope we can take that into the next game. Um, you can tell from the way I'm talking, 
I'm not that confident, but from, from this game, absolutely spot on. If they can play like this week in, week out in the playoffs now, then we're going to be hard to stop. That's a certain. Because even the offense, I mean, Brady was on fire. It was a really windy day. When I heard all that, I was like, this is really setting up for the Eagles. It was a run. It was a running game yeah. because it was a swirly wind. But Brady was like, until really the last quarter, we had a couple of incompletions. He was like, absolutely on fire. Everything he threw just turned into gold. And Mike Evans was amazing. This this Mike Evans, the last couple of weeks, has reminded me when we didn't have such a rich receiver-like core where he had to go one-on-one and make plays happen. And they used him in different ways instead of just going you know, one-on-one on the outside where he was getting double teamed. Yeah. They moved him into the slot. They moved him on the other side. He got to do like curl routes. He wasn't just going deep and, you know, Brady can't throw to him because he's got two people on him. So the next game is going to be a challenge because he's going to come up against, you know, one of the best corners in the NFL. So that would be fun to watch. But based on that was like watching prime Mike Evans at his best. Yeah, I have to say I'd be a lot more uh, confident about you you taking out the Rams if, if Fournette was there because I think... You know, you showed last year coming down this stretch that you you leaned heavily on the run game in these in these big last few games, and you and they were so good at it. And he was he was crucial to that. So I would have felt a lot better if he was there. Yeah. Um, but I'm still not stupid enough to ever back against Tom Brady, even if he's not. He's looking as good as any point this year as well. So it's all it, it's all good. The key players are looking good, and that's all I can hope for. But yeah, massive test coming up. What about then? Um, you know, we we can talk about the rest of that game shortly, but we can't do the Dallas 49ers game without going straight into that final play of the game. Um, I, I, <laughs> All I want to do is laugh. Sorry, I could. The commentary was brilliant as well because the commentators were so yeah. were in such a, a state of panic about it, and you kind of um, as a neutral. Uh, well, is anyone really? If you're not a Cowboys fan, you're not really a neutral. Are you? Like, you kind of root for everybody else, but that's just how it is. And you were kind of willing the clock to go down because of how stupid the decision was. Um, Absolutely, yeah. It was incredible, wasn't it? Do you know, there's something about the Cowboys. Like, there is a bit of me wants them to do well, just because of history. Sometimes, like even the Packers in the past, like not so much more recently, Andy. But now, we're, like, are my teams involved in it? But there was something that I wanted a couple of years ago, the Packers to do well, go in the playoffs and maybe win the Super Bowl, just for, just because of, you're going to look back on it and go, what a great quarterback Aaron Rodgers are. You want these moments to go, do you remember that time they won a Super Bowl? I know you don't, Andy, but like generally as a neutral, you do. But the, the Cowboys are a team for every now and again, I'm like, do you know what? I wouldn't mind them having a run. <clears throat> but the way they played that game from start to finish, I, there was no way I wanted them to win. And when that play call got done at the end, and to be, I can't think who was, who does it. Is it Nance, isn't it? With Tony Robo. Yeah. Oh, he was going as, oh, I'm not sure about that. So I wouldn't have done that. I wouldn't have done that, Tony. <laughs> and and it, it's exactly what everyone was thinking. It's like, why are you doing that play? And you don't do that inside 14 seconds when the clock's against you. Like, And it's not even just that. The play call is ridiculous. For me, it's ridiculous. But it's probably made ridiculous because of what happened yeah. more than anything. If he stole 10 yards, slid, and stopped and executed it perfectly with another three or four seconds, they would have had time to dump it off and have one go. Then we wouldn't be talking about it quite the same way. But the fact he didn't execute it and he decided to run it and take the risk of running as far as he could. And then what happened? Then the center trying to like set the ball and Dak standing right behind him, which then in turn stopped the running ref that was trying to come and help him by getting in his way, making him trip over. All of it was just like, 
I was oh, I have to laugh. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry if you're a Cowboys fan because there's nothing to laugh about. But I mean, anyone else, you just oh, all of it was just ridiculous, and they deserved it. I think even they and people can say what they like, they still weren't going to necessarily win the game. If they snapped it anyway. They still got to throw it 30 yards into an end zone in a, in a Hail Mary effort of just hoping someone grabs it. They, you know, for me, the 49ers deserve to win this game. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come on, Greg. Yeah. That, yeah. I, I, again, it was just mind boggling, really, wasn't it? Um, I think he just gets flushed out of the pocket and then switches straight into instinct mode and just rushes. But it was very, very strange. And um, <laughs> I've just, yeah, it was very odd. I mean, there was another sort of talking point that came out of that game as well was about this, the stadium and allowing the sunlight in that's literally <clears throat> blinds all the players, yeah. which is absolutely mental. But also, I've got no idea why that's never been mentioned before. Maybe it gets mentioned. I, I, I haven't heard of it really mentioned before, but it's, I, I really don't get that at all. It's directly no, in the no. players' eyes. <clears throat> like. I've, I've seen a couple of their games where that's happened, but it's usually not for, you know, it's against the Cowboys and they're like, oh, that bit's yeah. well known. Like Tony Romo will go, yeah, that's well known for it at this time of the day. And it's like, mm. well, why do that? Because then it actually bit them in the ass on a, a crucial mm. third down. The sunlight's in their receiver's eyes and he has no idea what a ball is. It's just stupid. I think the Falcons had that as well. I don't know if this in their new stadium or in their old stadium. I remember a couple of games where the sun was on a certain point and the, and the same thing happened. And you're like, who designs this thing? Like, surely mm. the, the, there should be no way that happens. But yeah, crazy. But let's come back to the penalties as well with the Cowboys. I mean, oh yeah, where's the discipline? And they're all in crucial moments for no reason at all. They moan about the refs, but you're doing things that make it through the flags. I think the first play of the game, there was a flag in neutral zone infraction. I think it was Randy Gregory was about yeah. a foot inside the neutral zone. It was, his leg was so on the line. It really set the tone. Yeah, it set the tone. It, it, just, it was nerves. I don't know what it was. But yeah, there was a lot, far too, far too many penalties for the Cowboys. Yeah. I mean, well, I, I know I was joking there about how they're, they're not a well-liked team amongst neutrals, but certainly what came after the game will not have helped their cause in that respect. I mean... I understand emotions are high and Dak was probably feeling a lot of heat, but you, you can't come out as a as a captain of the team and as their franchise quarterback and um, not condemn what the fans did. In fact, not only not condemn it, but actually praise them for what they did. I think it's just absolute madness. It yeah. Really, really lacked a lot of maturity and class. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, anyone who does that, if that was someone in the street, you'd, you'd be going, no, sorry, mate, you can't say that. That's just not right. But just, yeah, like you say, a captain, a franchise quarterback, basically saying, yeah, I would have done the same. Like, uh, fair play to him. The refs, it's all the refs' fault. It's just disrespectful. And uh, apparently, I, I don't know how true it is, but someone commented on uh, one of the, my, my tweet about it. And it was an, um, the Irish Cowboys group. And he was saying that, to be fair, it's not a thing with Dak normally does which is it isn't it's not the sort of thing i've heard dak really come out and say but it's changed my opinion of him massively but he said that they, they as the season's gone most games when they've lost they have actually tried to come out and blame the refs and it's like we know how bad the refs have been this year and it's fair enough maybe to highlight one or two things but that wasn't why they lost today you know there might have been one or two questionable calls but i think every every team in the nfl could probably say that in every game mm-hmm. in the most part they, they were their discipline was out the window and i think the thing is that sense sense it all the start of the game flag they've had flags all the way through they've lacked discipline through the game they come away and lose and what they do lack even more discipline when they're in front of the media 
uh, Mike McCarthy, you know, there's, there's no there's no putting a hands up game. Right, maybe it wasn't the right decision. Maybe it wasn't executed properly. Even Mike McCarthy came out and said, you know, we'd run that play again. It was the right play to run. It's like there's no way the ref shouldn't have got there. Well, I'm sorry, he had four seconds to run, you know, five, six yards. He's having to chase Dak, let's face it. It's not a play where, he's, you know, he's standing three, four yards behind him. He's having to run 15, 17, you know, 17 yards with Dak, get himself there and touch the ball, which is the rule. You can't put three or four seconds and then blame the ref. That's your own fault. Simple as that. That, could have, that would have happened to every other team in the NFL. And I think it's disgusting that they, instead of looking at themselves, going, we should have won this in the game. We should have called better plays. We shouldn't have left it to that last play, that last chance there to do a silly play call, which wasn't the right call, which wasn't executed properly. And in fact, if we had, we wouldn't be blaming the refs. They're not looking at themselves. They're blaming other people. And it's disgusting. And yeah, it just looks stupid. It is. And especially when only last week, was it last week? I can't remember. We were talking about how, you know, he was maybe if they'd won this game or who knows what would have happened. He was in the comeback player of the year conversation with Burrow and yeah. what it, and remember when you think back to that injury and how awful it was and how upset everybody was and it, it still was awful but he there was a, so many people rooting for him this year and there must be so many people who've had a very very drastic change of heart on what they think about him um, and yeah I think Not some, <laughs> some growing up to do there um, but you know we can't we can't finish that uh, that game without obviously giving credit where it's due to the 49ers because you know they got to the, the pass rush was bang on if they got to him five times sacked him five times they stifled any kind of run game that Dallas thought they were going to have um, <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't try a great deal and what they did was, was pathetic but really strong defensive display they're going to cause problems. You know, they, they were kind of the dark horse coming into this round of games and people weren't sure on their merits of being there, but they're clearly going to cause problems wherever they're playing. They're hitting form at the right time. Mm. <clears throat> That's for certain. I was literally messaging my mate who I've mentioned before, he's decided to make 49ers his team at the wrong time for me. Um, but I was saying to him, they're literally watching them. They're full of energy. Like they, they, they know that they've done an amazing achievement to get here, and they're full of energy to that they're even here because that game against the Rams to get in it. And you know, they came out and they looked like a team that really wanted to be there, really wanted to take the game to the Cowboys, and the Cowboys just didn't have the same energy back at all. Like if you was going to look at that game through the whole of it, even at the end when it was desperate, it still looked like the Forty Nine ers wanted it more than the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Um, matchup wise, though, the Cowboys line has been a bit of a weakness really all year like it's not been the worst line but it's not been great and I think that is one of the 49ers strengths is their obviously their line and the way they were quite aggressive up front but even when they had their two I can't remember who they were now but two players went out injured and missed the key part of the game they still managed to get pressure to to Dak and slow that run game down and that that was impressive more than anything but the Cowboys should have been able to throw all over them The, the 49ers secondary has got better as the season's gone on but it's still Still questionable, but because they was getting pressure up front and they wasn't able to protect Dak, it just didn't happen. So, can you see them replicating that against the Packers? Though is my problem. That was that was going to be the question mm. I was going to put to you and Greg. I mean, you know, you know how I want that game to go, but from a have they got, in your opinion, the right kind of makeup to cause enough damage to that Packers team? Start with you, Greg. Um, I definitely think they could uh, they could do a good job of keeping pace. Um, mm. As James kind of mentioned, I think they play with, with real speed, uh, a unique sort of style as well with the two running backs um, in the backfield. And yeah, the, the strengths in the trenches as well could, could certainly match the Packers, especially if the Packers don't have their fully fit offensive line. 
And um, yeah, I don't. I think that the Packers will be slightly too strong, um, but I definitely think the 49ers could keep pace for a while. And uh, yeah, there'll be definitely a lot of factors at play. Um, but uh, for me, I think the 49ers will, will be able to do, do some damage, but I don't think they'll, they'll do enough to outscore the Packers. I think the one of the keys is going to be if they go, you know, their strength is their running game, obviously, but if they go behind early, especially away at Lambeau, <laughs> it's going to be really tough. And if they go behind early, then they're going to be looking to Jimmy to try and do stuff that Jimmy can't really do. And that's when it's all yeah. going to get a bit a bit messy. Yeah. Well, it's a bit like this game. They've got to get ahead, haven't they? They've yeah. got to get, you know, the first couple of drives are important. Even though they just get a couple of field goals, you need to keep with them. Um, I have to say, I was quite impressed with Jimmy. I feel like, you know, we follow a couple of people that really wanted Trey Lance this year. And I feel like they're getting themselves a bit caught up in it because for two thirds of this game, I thought Jimmy G actually played as well as he had all season. He was solid. The amount of third down conversions, all right, they were third and shorts in a lot of cases. You've still got to convert them though. And he did. Um, he missed one or two throws, but most of it, he was pretty good. But I have to then say, the second half, obviously, there was two throws. One earlier he got away with, and then that's, that, that turnover was... Absolutely horrendous. I mean, that game was pretty much out. They was walking out of that at that point. That turnover was at the worst time. It got the crowd going. It gave them a ch- opportunity in short field situation and got the Cowboys back in it. And that's what Jimmy G brings, unfortunately. He has one or two ga- like throws or mental blocks and it can just turn a game. Uh, and this is going to probably validate what I'm going to question next because I feel like Shanahan is... Every time I question him, he comes out and like that was the master plan for the most part of that game. But he gets negative, and I know he's not the only person to do it. But they start, you know, punting on fourth and second instead of going for it when they're in the other team's territory, which he wasn't doing earlier on. And I get you play percentage game, but it is a bit like just go for it. You you've got one of the you know a really good run game. You was running all over them. Fourth and ones, you can turn them into first downs. You're keeping possession. You're keeping the ball away from the Cowboys. They're going to have to do that against the Packers. But I feel like they go in their shell a bit. But then when Jimmy G's doing that, I suppose that's why they do it. <laughs> but for me, he needs to, he can't carry on doing that. I feel like there's been a couple of times they've dominated games and then you just see them like allow other teams back in it. And if the Cowboys had maybe took another opportunity, they would have, they would have probably been a different game. But I felt like they, even though they got back in the game, they didn't, push on the Cowboys and I think that was more on the Cowboys with the penalties than maybe the 49ers I think they was already on the ropes at that point but um, yeah they can't do that against the Packers they need to come out probably get a lead ideally but if not they need to be going toe to toe and making it hard for Rodgers and if they do that up front and get a bit of pressure and it's tight game then it's different then they're in it but I don't think they've got enough to keep pace with them mm. they're four and four apparently four season matchups these two teams um so just give the damn ball to Debo. Yeah. Give it to Debo. <laughs> Debo. Yeah. Packers, Packers have four men on him all day. They probably should because other than that, they don't really do much else, <laughs> do they? Um, oh, Kansas City Steelers game. We say it started off rather nicely, I suppose. It was scoreless end of the first and then, Seven you up. know, lo and behold, Steelers take away a uh, defensive touchdown. Obviously made some people a little bit angry. Um, you know, it was one of those, wasn't it, where the, the, the Chiefs just came absolutely steaming back at them in the second, started to take the game away from them already then. And then what happens is the game just all lands on Ben's shoulders because they've got to go to the air all the time. And he's, he's physically, he just can't spend a game having to do that. Um 
And then, you know, conversely, Mahomes just had one of his monster games, five touchdowns, 400 yards. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you definitely can't um, allow Patrick Mahomes to sort of feast like that. He was finding Kelsey in space far too easily. Um, and yeah, he had another great day, um, Kelsey, yeah. uh, in the playoffs, as he usually does. Uh, they had another underhand pitch as well. I tweeted about this. Underhand pitch inside is a, is a Chiefs classic now in the playoffs. Um, but yeah, as you mentioned, I think there was going to be a few nervous Chiefs fans when they were 7-0 down and that Steelers defence came out quite hot in the first quarter. And um, yeah, that kind of highlighted for me that first quarter from the Steelers, just how desperate they are for a good quarterback and a good offensive game because their defence certainly can compete in the yeah. postseason and compete at that level. But it really exposed the weaknesses they have offensively, as you mentioned, with with Big Ben. So it'll be all change on the offensive side, I think, in 2022. It'll be interesting to see who takes over there, really. Do you remember, Andy, like it's, now this is the exact situation why this comes back to this, but Mike Tomlin's done, he has done a heck of a job to somehow not only not have a losing season with this scenario, but to win and get to the playoffs. But do you remember I was saying like earlier in the season when they started turning things back around, people are hailing Mike Tomlin as this amazing coach. But I said, yeah, and to a certain extent, he's done a great job. But if they'd actually just got rid of Big Ben or tried to solve yeah. a situation, I know it wasn't that simple, but they might, you know, they could have took a rookie. They could have done anything but this. They went into this season allowing this to happen. If they had half a decent quarterback right now, they kept the Chiefs to three, I think it was three, three and outs, or not three and outs, but three stops. Then they got that interception uh, or turnover for a touchdown. They were seven and up midway through the second quarter. If you had, the only reason really the Chiefs were able to blow them away is when your offense is just going three and out, three and out, three and out. And it, and it wasn't even like it's getting yards. They was like minus two yards, two plus yards. You're literally seeing your offense do that. Do that. Your defense constantly having to come out. They did brilliantly for four or five like series. And then eventually... You know, the Chiefs are very good. You're not going to keep stopping them. Mm. But then they start, they get tired. And then the Chiefs come out, start scoring. And then you demoralized. If any other, I'm trying to think of another team and managed to do that to the Chiefs and got to the middle of the second quarter with scoring a touchdown on defense and actually had an okay offense. Even the Browns, for instance, who might have had a, you know, a few first downs, maybe even a touchdown, they would have been 14 nil up, 10 nil up. That's a different scenario. But when you're playing against Pittsburgh Steelers with, Big Ben, whose arm is literally on the floor, trying to drag it along and throw a ball. Like they knew they was going to get plenty of opportunities in this game. And then they did because the defense was just knackered from constantly having to go back out there. And it's a shame because I think the Steelers, everything they could have asked for happened. All they needed was just the offense to break a few runs off or make a few plays, just score a touchdown. It would have been a different game, but they didn't. And then obviously the Chiefs go and score all of a sudden, they're all square. And then it's like, well, we can't keep doing this. And, I, and fair play, the Chiefs then played their game. McKinnon is worrying. He, he showed signs of, you know, when he was good before all the injuries a few years ago. And, they, you know, what does the Chiefs need? They need a running game. They need a guy that can catch out the backfield and be explosive. Well, he did that. And if he takes that going forward, then we're all in trouble. You know who he used to play for, don't you, James? I do, yeah. Good. Uh, um, as for the Chiefs, you know, they he was one of their options. They shared the damage around defensively, you know, not as it used to be early season when it was just Hill, Kelsey, Hill, Kelsey. Um, it's important not to read too much into it, I know, because of the opposition, but they, they exceeded expectations in getting there. But is it a suggestion that it is a bit of a deeper offence than we maybe thought? 
I would maybe say so, um, especially in the running back room. Obviously, Edwards mm. there um, hasn't really hit the heights that we've expected so far in, in the two years he's been in the league. But I think um, a few of the other guys stepping up have certainly impressed me. Um, they've been able to gain yards quite consistently, uh, found space, especially when um, doing wide zone uh, rushes mm. and things like that, and getting outside of the pocket. I think they've been quite effective there. So, yeah, they've actually surprised me quite a bit. And even at, at receiver as well, guys like Pringle stepping up, um, yeah. seems to be on the score sheet every time I don't bet on him to score a touchdown um, but yeah I think they've definitely got a little bit more depth than people probably give them credit for but that's, that always keeps the Chiefs dangerous because we know that they have Hill and Kelsey and Mahomes that could certainly come up with that electric play and that big touchdown but at the same time if their base players and all of their depth guys are a better level than people are expecting then people are going to underestimate them and I think a lot of people haven't talked about the Chiefs going into the playoffs and um they're starting to hit form at the right time, as James mentioned about some other teams earlier. Well, you can talk about them going into the playoffs, Greg, because <laughs> you're going to have to. Um, I know. Obviously, that's who you're going up against. Um, what? Be, be, go, look at it from a positive point of view. What? Um, you know, what? What's the plan as far as you're concerned to get that win? Um, apart from scoring more points than mm. them. Um, I would say use Singletary a little bit more. He was quite effective uh, against the Patriots and it's been qu it was quite nice um, that we weren't using QB rushes as much as we were earlier in the season as well on Sunday. We used them intermittently and we had a little bit more success. So using that, mixing it in with the crossing routes that we have, um, just to keep them a little bit more honest, I think could definitely help us, yeah. us break their defence down. And then defensively, I think we've actually been pretty good without Davis White as well. I think we've been quite good in coverage. Certainly, uh, the two safeties, Poyer and Hyde, have been stepping up. So, um, I think it kind of comes into what we've been talking about earlier about starting fast, starting strong. You know, in that Patriots game, we counted that big interception early on, and that just set the tone. Really, after that, we were fired up. You know, get the ball in Allen's hands, let's go score. Um, so that could be crucial uh, as well. Get the, get that first foot in, um, get that first score on the board, and, and build from there. Uh, James, you said last week, I think when we were talking to Lee Wakefield about, you know, when teams have beaten them and they've put, or even teams who've pushed them close, they've just been uber aggressive on, on both sides of the ball. And, and you know, you're going to get that from the Bills because Josh Allen only knows one way. So, you know, I hope he does go in like that. I hope they all go in like that because it should be an absolute cracker. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> No, I mean, it should be fun because we always say touchdowns win. It's the only way you're going to win as Chiefs. You can't keep settling for field goals. You need to get a few touchdowns. And to be fair, the Bills know how to do that based on the last couple of weeks. So the Bills also beat the Chiefs quite comfortably earlier in the year. So they, they've they've definitely got the, the memory of doing it. But this is different now anyway. It's the playoffs. But the Bills' defence will be, if you win, it'll be on the Bills' defence. I, I know you obviously your offence. I think both offences are very good. Don't get me wrong. But... The Chiefs' defense shut me up for half this season, and they're still they're better than I. They have been for a couple of years. I feel like they have improved, but they're there. They're that you you can run on them. Uh, you can you can run on them. You can pass on them. I think they're ranked passing yards. They're the 27th team in the NFL, so they give up quite a lot of passing yards. Their running games 21st. So they're, they're, you know you can't just go by stats, but they are definitely not in even in the top half when it comes to defenses. They're average, really average, decent at best. And the, the Bills' defense is top five for me. So, if you guys can, you know, limit those explosive runs, which they're not going to do a lot of if they don't get early success. So, I think if you get on top of that early, they'll just stop running. And this is where the Chiefs and the Bills, both of you, 
and the Bucks for that, actually, that for now, sometimes back out of it too quick. Because if you two, you, especially the Chiefs and the Bills, if you're getting the run game going, at least enough, it opens up that playbook. But teams will then sit deeper and deeper, and then you can't play, make the explosive plays. And people like even yeah. Josh Allen, to a certain extent, they get frustrated with that. And we know Mahomes doesn't like doing that. So that's when both teams can get in a hole. So if you guys can stuff the run, and I do honestly think the Bills are another level compared to the Chiefs when it comes to defense. Offensively, you can both play each other. I mean, I'd, I'd lean towards the Chiefs just because they've been here and done it. But I honestly think Josh Allen is as confident as ever right now. So this should be an absolute cracking game. But I think I'm actually leaning towards the Bills on this one. I just think it's time for another team to step up and this is the time to do it. You guys are at home as well, aren't you? Is that uh, right? No, it's an hour ahead. Bloody hell. <laughs> he talked himself in. Oh, I'm still going to do it. I, I, I generally fancy the Bills this year. I'm going with the Bills. But I, again, much like I did with the books, I said it last week, so I have to stick with it because they're still in there. But yeah, I'm full, full <laughs> faith and all that. So <laughs> I'll be James, James has just made it sound very easy, Greg. So I don't know what you've got to be. Confident. I don't know what yeah, the coach yeah. is doing. We've got our Dable replacement. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And Leslie Fraser replacement. I'll do it for Fiverr as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously, the final game of the, of the round was that the NFC West showdown, um, the Rams winning. Very, very comfortably against the Cardinals. I mean, I said at the start, it's not always easy to see a full picture from the highlights, but it's quite obvious the Cardinals are absolutely shocking in this game. The Rams were... You, you couldn't even say the Rams did anything hugely special. They just took the opportunities that were very much presented to them. Um, and, you know, and, and Lee said last week that his concern was the Cardinals' inexperience coming into this kind of rang true really and like the Ravens game a couple of weeks ago they just got players from those big names that they've put together Stafford had a good game Von Miller had a good game Odell had another good game he's come come to the fore in the last few weeks so really comfortable win in the end yeah unfortunately <laughs> if, if, I mean if there's one team I didn't want to play in the playoffs it was the Rams they've they've kind of had our number the last two years in the regular season which I'm going to say that because the Chiefs had us in the regular season so did the Saints and it didn't work out in the playoffs for them did it but but they're one team that scared the shit out of me I just don't think we match up to play well against them but this game I thought if the Cardinals before you know five six weeks ago this would have been a really good game but I, like we said I think the, the Cardinals have been burning on that Cardinals team for a while they've lost two or three key players JJ Watt came back and brought you know brought a little bit of energy on that defense. But to be honest, Kyler Murray hasn't looked right ever since he came back from that injury. James Connor's been injured, didn't look right to me. They just couldn't really run the ball. They couldn't do anything. It, they did, it, this was more on the Cardinals being poor than the Rams. The Rams just did what they had to do. They came out, they started well, and just just walked it really, which is mm -hmm. a shame. I wanted them to go to over like triple overtime or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think as, as James mentioned, it was it was a pretty good playoff win from the Rams, as you say. It didn't do anything too special. Um, did the basics right, a little bit more disciplined as well, and that offensive line sort of capitulated for the Cardinals. Murray, who's one of the best uh, sort of uh, uh, rushing and one of the more elusive QBs, couldn't really get outside the pocket before you know going down. And um, that that pick in the in the second quarter that ended up going for a touchdown was hilarious. It was very un Kyler Murray, but um, yeah, as James said, it's been burning for a while. I think. If they've fallen off a cliff edge, really, in that sort of second mm. half of the season, the Cardinals. So, well, um, yeah, yeah, this is it. I mean, there's, there's two people to focus on there, if you like, and, and 
the the NFL uh, post game report was was scathing about Murray and uh, Cliff Kingsbury. Mm-hmm. Um, Murray first. I mean, he was nineteen of thirty four in this game, one hundred thirty seven yards, two interceptions. The, the the report described him as failing again to deliver on a big stage. You know what the game's like. Um, is it? Is that all? Is it harsh? Or is that is it kind of time? Is it such a fickle game that he's had the kind of time that everybody gets, and it's just a fair assessment? I think it's harsh, um, personally. Yeah, a little bit. I suppose there's plenty of factors that play into that. Obviously, uh, a few injuries, a few mm. different players coming in, um, and then factoring that obviously the Rams have traded for several good players defensively. Um, you know that they're, they're always going to be a threat. So it's a mixture of up against good opposition maybe not great scheming either um yeah there's a lot of plat- uh, factors at play um but yeah it is it's been a bit worrying since that sort of hail murray or whatever it was against the bills in the last <laughs> minute that was absolutely uh, horrible since then <laughs> yeah. they've they've not been particularly good um and as you mentioned murray in big games mm. just sort of goes missing a bit it's just a strange well, dynamic isn't it because you look at and dare i say it james somebody like Tua. We nearly went. We need. They're not even in the bastard playoffs, and we still we'll have to mention them too. We mention <laughs> them every week. Um, <laughs> and you look at somebody like him. You look at somebody like Zach Wilson, who's come in for a lot of shit um, in his first year. And, and people say, "Well, that's just the way the NFL is. You don't get a great deal of time." And I suppose you have to try and judge everybody by that same by that same level, don't you? Yeah, I mean, I think with Kylo, it's because everyone expects him to be MVP. And he, and he kind of was. We were halfway through the season, everyone was saying, oh, MVP is Kylo Murray. Um, I th- the, the reason why I think it's harsh is because I don't. if he didn't get injured, you know, he was playing hurt for a couple of weeks and he ended up getting injured. Mm. We're then asking him to come back and they expect him just to play at that high level again. And by that point, Hopkins is out. His key, let's face it, Hopkins is one of the best receivers for getting wide open. It completely changes the dynamic. And the running game, they've had their issues of injuries one minute, Edmonds is back next minute he's out you know they've had issues with three or four key players going out and I think I would probably point the finger more at Cliff Kingsbury more than Kyler Murray I think we're at least another year off I still think we're another year off the Cardinals reaching that peak really if they can keep majority of this team together they're still on the younger side a lot of them like you know three or four years in the NFL that's why I didn't back them to win the Super Bowl because I think they're a very good team that could do well, but I didn't necessarily think they had enough to go all the way. And I think this is the sort of games you need you need to get in their playoffs. This is this is the first year they got to the playoffs, isn't it? They just missed out last year. Yeah. yeah. So this is the first step. And I mean it was not a good step because it wasn't even a good showing. But you learn from it. And if they can build and keep this group together next year, why not? If they stay fit and healthy, I would back the Cardinals to won this game, to be honest. But the way Kyler Murray was playing coming into it, he was already showing signs that he wasn't quite himself or mm. not quite that full fitness. I do think it's harsh. And the problem is when you point to Tua, Tua's situation is a little bit the injuries, but it's also the chaos that's going on with Miami. I mean, whether it's the ownership, well, it is the ownership. The ownership said that they wanted to speak to Sean Watson. That's what caused the whole tour thing. If they shut that down like any other franchise would have done and said, no, tour's our guy, there would have been less scrutiny on him. That, that's been caused by that terrible franchise. Um, and obviously with Zach Wilson, it's more of it. He's on the Jets. I think if it had been anywhere else, they would have just gave him a pass but because it's the Jets and they've just, they always seem to take a horrible quarterback or have un- really bad luck with quarterbacks. He's in that New York area. So he gets like held accountable a lot more than others. But 
but you're right when you, you some some quarterbacks get a harder time of it and I, I just think Kyler Murray's done a, he's proven enough that he's shown he can be amazing I think you've got to accept he can't just do it on his own though that line has been an issue for a couple of years they need to address that they need to protect your quarterback if they do that next year improve in a couple of areas I reckon I'd be putting them up there as Super Bowl contenders. I wouldn't say favourites but you're absolutely right and it Ultimately, it, because the way the game is, it will it'll fall more so on the coach. And like Greg kind of touched upon there, you know, if you look at last season, they were they were five and two going into their bye week. Then they lost six of their last nine games. And you think, that, that, okay, is it one off? Then they go this season, they go nine and two into their bye week. Everyone's like, for oh, our Super Bowl contenders, they lose four out of their last six. They're exactly the same thing again. That's a nasty habit to get yeah. into if that's what's happening and people will ask questions yeah that's not good is it really <laughs> what's no. with the bye week the bye week normally brings the best out of better teams not the worst yeah Strange. I was just going to touch back on your point Andy about um, giving giving him time and stuff like that well, I think the Cardinals after having a terrible year and then having number one overall pick took him um, and are obviously going to stick with him at the yeah, moment yeah. he's certainly in the in, you know in the upper uh, sort of categories of, of QBs in the league so they're going to stick with him uh, for as long as they can uh, until they think they can find a better replacement but I can't see any anyone like that no. creeping up in the next three or four no. years at least so um, yeah he'll certainly keep getting a look in um, but as James mentioned I think maybe some of the coaching should get question mark next to it yeah absolutely yeah next year is important for Cliff Kinsbury I think if mm. they don't if they don't make the playoffs or they go out in the first round I think he'll be gone because I think they're not going they're not moving forward I think that'll be on him more than anyone else I think mm. yeah absolutely um, that wraps up all of the games the only kind of um, divisional round one we didn't touch on at the start obviously when we, we covered the Bengals game they're going into a big game against the Titans and it looks as though Henry is going to be activated for that game. He's had an extra week off. Um, <clears throat> oh, I don't know. I, I have. I haven't hid the fact that I do have a soft spot for this Bengals team because they're the underdog coming into it. But I mean, Titans have got some good player for experience already. Hendrickson might be out. I'm not sure whether he's going to be back from the concussion protocol. How do you see that one shaping up? Um, it's quite tough, as you mentioned. I think the Bengals are a very likable team. Um, you know, underdogs. Uh, you know, young QB with a bit of swagger about him. Jamar Chase, etc. They're very likable. Mm. Um, the Titans have been playing without Derek Henry for over half the season, and they've been battering teams as well. They've not <laughs> just been getting by; they've been convincing in some of their wins. I think the Bengals are missing uh, Ogun Joby as well, defensive tackle, who's been pretty good this year. So if him and Hendrickson are out, then that you know that's a that's a big knock for the Bengals. I think the Titans will progress from this one. Uh, I just think they'll be a little bit fresher. Uh, you know, the Bengals will come confident. It'll be a really good game to watch, actually. Yeah. Um, but personally, I just think, yeah, the Titans will have a little bit too much. Yeah, I'm, <clears throat> I'm, I'm thinking the same too. Yeah. Um, I think, I think in some ways, the Bengals having a game and winning a game. I, I think resting is always the better situation. But for the Bengals not being in the playoffs before until now, a lot of players on that team has never even played a playoff game. I think they'll be they're definitely benefiting <laughs> from that, but. It's, it's it's a tricky one because they're the hot team at the moment, but I just think that it comes back down to I'm I'm learning more and more over the last couple of years being a bit more involved with the playoffs. But the people that have been there, it's so hard to beat them. Actually, having that experience of being there, knowing what it takes to win, the prep, everything that goes into it, you just it's hard to replicate that. And the Bengals are a franchise that have come. I feel like I've got here a year too early. 
they deserve to be here. Absolutely. I'm not knocking that or anything else, but I feel like it's a year too soon. This is their building blocks for next year, potentially. Wouldn't shock me if they win this, obviously, but I think that the experience and the fact the times have been ever present, really, in the playoffs on and off for the last four or five years, they know how to win. We see it. How many times have we said this year the Titans won't win this game? They've got too many injuries. They've got, and then, like you say, they've, they've mullered teams. They've, they've won games where you just want, there's no chance they're winning this without Henry. They find ways. They've had no receivers in games. I mean, other than the Jets game, they generally have somehow pulled it out. So I just think it'll be the same again. I just I lean on their defense being good enough that they'll slow the running game down. They're a bit questionable in the passing game, and that is big strength for the Bengals. But I just think if you just take a few away, a few chase long passes away, then the Bengals just end up being at best good on offense. And that won't be enough if the Titans have got like Derek Henry, as well as all their rest of the running backs. They don't even have to run the ball 25 times with Henry. They can give him a rest because they've got a couple other backs who have also Yeah, been... that's true. Mm. So, yeah, I think they'll come back. I think Henry's going to be more than fresh. I, I feel like he could, probably could have played la- like last week, you know, if he needed to. So I think he's going to come back in a good place. As long as he hits the ground running, they're... they're... James appears to have muted himself. Did you mute yourself there, James? Was his headphones cut out? No. Well, thankfully, we'd we'd uh, we'd finished up anyway, there, Greg. James is yeah. James has just hung up on us. It wasn't important. No, he's there. Um, <laughs> you can get the last. I mean, obviously, you, you're going to back your team, Greg. But the the important question, based on what you said earlier, was your your game starting at half eleven. Surely you're going to stay up for it. Oh yeah, of course. Sleep's overrated anyway. <laughs> you haven't took the you haven't took the day off work afterwards. Though. No, no, I don't plan on it. I might have to work from home though that day. Oh, yeah, uh, if I want any work to actually get done. <laughs> James, you're kicking off at eight o'clock. Yeah, nice early start. You can, you even you can stay up for that, mate. Yeah, I'll survive that one. I really want to watch the Packers game, but um, I'm not that committed. No. No, that's silly. So before you go, Greg, are the Bills going to win the Super Bowl? Um, yeah, yeah. Why not? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a drama. Who, who, to be fair, I think whoever wins out of the Chiefs and the Bills will be in the Super Bowl eventually. Mm. Um, and then it's you know it's eleven v eleven, isn't it? I suppose so. Everyone's got a chance when you get there. So fingers crossed. Yeah, Any we... given Saturday or Sunday. <laughs> We've seen enough for the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. We do get something different. No, yeah, I'm just getting rid of the Mahomes narrative. We all agree with that, don't we? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, James, I'm out. Have you got anything else you want to pop in? No, I think we've covered it all. Just bring it. It makes me want the games to be tomorrow now. <sighs> yeah, buzzing. Yeah. Four great games here. Yeah, I hope you enjoy watching those, gents. And uh, we'll catch you very soon. But, Greg, it's been a pleasure to have you on, as always. Always much. good to talk. Give a quick uh, plug for your podcast and your page. Yeah, absolutely. So at Brit's Guide NFL, uh, Callum and I are hosting a podcast there and then doing some YouTube videos as well at Handed Greg. Very good. Yeah, give him a follow if you're not already. Good guys. Gentlemen, a pleasure. We'll speak very soon. Stay healthy. Speak to you soon. See you later, gents. Bye. Peace.